Hey guys, time for a very special announcement. I'm very excited to introduce you all to Howl.fm. This is the best and most convenient way to listen to all episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused. It's on the web at Howl.fm and on the go with the brand new Howl app. You can stream and download all Happy, Sad, Confused episodes that have been released in the past six months with this, guys. And you can go beyond just the shows with behind-the-scenes photos, commentaries, and much more. Plus, if you want to upgrade to Howl Premium for only $4.99 a month, you'll get exclusive access to the entire Happy, Sad, Confused archive, every single episode going all the way back, and to all the Earwolf and Wolf Pop archives. This includes all episodes older than six months. Six months, All have been remastered, no ads on any of them. Plus, only with Hal Premium, you can listen to hundreds of hours of WTF with Mark Marin, the gold standard guys, right? You can hear all the classic interviews with Robin Williams, Louis C.K., and so much more. Hal has also partnered with some of your favorite hosts and comedians to develop Howl Originals, brand new shows available only with Howl Premium. You really need to check it out. Check out great new series from Lauren Lapkus and the AV Club right now. Already, there are 10 brand new hilarious Howl Originals, and they are adding new shows every week. So get access to all this exclusive content Content, both on your phone and on your desktop with Hal Premium for only $4.99 a month. And with the promo code HAPPY, you get a full month of a free trial. So go to Hal.fm, enter the code HAPPY at checkout, and you're off and running. Remember, you can use Hal on your phone or your computer, but you can only use my promo code on the Hal.fm website. Go to Hal.fm, that's H-O-W-L dot and use the promo code HAPPY for one month free trial of premium. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, fair podcast listener. I am Josh Horowitz, your fearless leader in happy, sad, confused. My weekly podcast, my weekly interview podcast, bringing you the best and the brightest in the world's of entertainment. This week's guest is a gem, a gem of a man, a, uh, a a truly unique individual by the name of Mr. Michael Shannon. Uh I'm I'm obsessed with Michael Shannon and you should be too. If you listen to this you probably are because you're a good judge of great acting. Uh Michael Shannon is an Oscar nominee uh way back when for Revolutionary Road. He uh has since he has, I mean, he has too, way too many credits to list, and they're all so varied, everything from um, The Runaways to Man of Steel. Uh, he's starring in a new film called 99 Homes. This is, this is Happy, Sad, Confused history, by the way, guys, because this is the second week in a row that the podcast has featured a star of one film. So that must mean that we like 99 Homes, and we do. I don't know why I'm saying we. I do. Um, last week's guest, of course, was Andrew Garfield. This week is his uh, co-star in 99 Homes, Michael Shannon. Uh, the film's tremendous. It opens on September 25th. You guys should really check it out. It features two stellar performances from these gentlemen, uh, as well as Laura Dern and a host of other folks. Uh, very interesting subject matter and uh, and just a, a riveting uh, thriller, uh, if uh, if you can imagine that something set in the world of the housing crisis being a great thriller. It actually is. Um, so Michael, back to Michael, uh, some things you should know going into this podcast. Michael Shannon is a, he's a crazy man. He's, he's, he, he's, he's not quite right in the head. Um, and I mean that as the, as the utmost of compliments. I, uh, 
I, I find him endlessly amusing. He is the driest of dry. He, I find him hysterical. Um, I think a lot of people, frankly, have trouble <laughs> talking to him. I've talked to fellow um, folks in uh, entertainment, journalism, et cetera, who've talked to him that have trouble with him. I, for whatever reason, feel like I key into Michael Shannon speak. I know how to speak his language. This uh, conversation is... Um, is really out there. It might be actually one of, if not my favorite podcasts that I've done. Um, just because it's kind of 40 minutes of random, um, a lot of non sequiturs, a lot of dry humor, uh, a lot of just weirdness. And, and, and it was really my cup of tea. And I think it'll be your cup of tea if you like Michael Shannon, because he's, um, He's the best out there. I mean, I can't gush enough about him. He's he's tremendous. And uh, this is a podcast I long wanted to do, so I'm glad he stopped by. Uh, some further context. We referenced a couple things in this that you might want to look up uh, either before, during, or after the podcast. We've done a couple sketches over the years that I reference, that we reference. Um, one was called Adorable Things. Um, which was playing off of his very uh, uh, scary image. Uh, very funny sketch I'm very proud of. Um, you can look that up online. Also, um, lesser known, more people, a, lot of, a bunch of folks saw that one. Not many people saw um, The Escort with Michael Shannon. Look, Google The Escort, Michael Shannon, Josh Horowitz, and you'll find a perverse, strange, comedic sketch that uh, I think is really fun, but um, it, it kind of slipped under the radar at the time when we put it out there. Um, so know about that. We talk about that. Uh, Michael also, at various points during this podcast, um, decided to play with the General Zod action figure that I happen to have on my desk. Complete coincidence, by the way. I did not think about that going in, that I had a General Zod action figure, um, but, uh, you know... It's it's fate. What can I say? I'm obsessed. Um, what else to say? Uh, I got back from the Toronto Film Festival this past week. There's a lot of cool stuff that we've already put up on MTV's YouTube page um, that I'm very proud of. A fun interview with uh, Nicholas Holt and Kristen Stewart. Uh, I dub smashed with each of them. My first dub smashing ever, guys. Evan Rachel Wood was the first dub smash I did. She taught me how to do it. She taught me in Toronto. She tweeted that out. It's very fun. And then Kristen and I did... Um, there's no crying in baseball from a league of their own. She's amazing in it. Uh, I just basically cry and whimper, which is pretty easy for me. And then uh, Nicholas Holt and I, uh, Nick Nicholas basically saw that Kristen and I were dub smashing. He proceeded to show me some dub smash videos of his own that he's been doing, which are epic. And hopefully he will release out into the world because I can't say too much, but trust me, the world will enjoy them. Um, and, uh, he chose that one himself. That was, uh, uh, bring out the gimp <laughs> from Pulp Fiction. So um, Toronto was a blast. I saw a bunch of good movies. Um, a lot of them are out or about to come out. Already out is Sicario and Black Mass, which is which are uh, very good new films. Um, Free Held's coming out soon. That's Michael Shannon is also in that one. Um, and a lot of cool, fun interviews to come. Uh, had a lot of... Uh, fun conversations with people that um, we've done, we've had on the podcast and some we haven't had on the podcast. So uh, look out for that. Keep checking on TV's YouTube page for new fun, uh, cool conversations. Also uh, it's a busy time guys. I mean, it's, we're in a award season. So the movies are kind of coming fast and furious. I'm actually, I'm taping this introduction on Sunday afternoon, mere hours before it goes uh, out into the world uh, because I'm about to go interview Anne Hathaway and Robert De Niro, 
about their new movie, The Intern, which is the new uh, comedy from Nancy Myers. Uh, it's fun. I think if you like Nancy Myers' films, um, you know, What Women Want, um, it's complicated, something's got to give, definitely in line with those and um, uh, an enjoyable piece of work. But I'm kind of nervous because Anne Hathaway's easy enough to talk to. I've, I've, I've talked to her a bunch. De Niro is, 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 a, is a tricky one. I've interviewed him only a couple times and he's... Um, He's not the easiest talker, uh, if you've ever seen him um, on talk shows. He's not; it's not his uh, cup of tea. But uh, so I'm doing that, and then um, a lot of other stuff going on. I'm off to the set of Neighbors Two this week. Going to reunite with Zac Efron and Seth Rogen. Um, God, so much, so much. Oh, we're doing some sketches this week. I don't want to talk about them yet until they've actually come to fruition. But some cool after-hour sketches are in the offing as well. So. Um, it's a busy time, guys. What can I say? Uh, so in the meanwhile, before we plunge into this Michael Shannon madness, uh, remember to hit me up on Twitter, Joshua Horowitz. Uh, let me know who you want to hear, or what you're digging, what you're not digging. Uh, I'm there for you guys. And um, in the meantime, you know, set in your calendar, Friday, September 25th, 99 Homes. Check it out uh, so you can see both two podcast guests from Happy Second Fuse. Not one, but two. Andrew Garfield. And the brilliant, the brooding, the slightly scary, the fantastically amusing, Mr. Michael Shannon. Enjoy. It's been too long, Mr. Shannon. Yeah, that's what I was saying. When you when you woke up this morning and knew that you were going to talk to me, how did what did that fill you fill you with? What emotion? I mean, is this wrong? Are we, have this started? Do you want it to have started? Are the machines on? The machines are always on. When I knew I was going to talk to you this morning, I actually, when I woke up this morning, uh, I couldn't, I didn't remember that I was going to be talking to you. I but, didn't remember much of anything. But then, when... I was like, where am I? Literally, where are you? Yeah. Is your family with you in town right now, or is they back no. in Chicago? No, they're in Chicago. Yeah. So. Do, do you notice what's, what's on my wall here? What I stare at every day? It says uh, Michael Shannon, non-sexual escort, cash only. It's, it's a fond memory for me. Yeah. You know, it wasn't as popular as our first one. Though. It wasn't. It wasn't. But I think it's an undiscovered gem that I think people should look up in retrospect. Well, when do you think that's going to happen? <laughs> I'm in this How for, long? I'm in this for the long haul, aren't you? Yeah. You need immediate like gratification. Like 20 years from now? I don't know. There are those at the Honeymooners Lost episodes. It's that kind of thing. Could be like one of our... You could be laying in a nursing home somewhere. <laughs> Somebody walk in right before you breathe your last breath. Yeah. And they say, you remember that non-sexual escort <laughs> clip you did? That sucked. <laughs> no. You should die. You and they, croak. And then they put yeah. the uh, pillow over my face. Exactly. Will that be you? Yeah. It will. <laughs> it's one way to go. Yeah. Um, I saw you in Toronto. We talked yeah. about free hell today. We're gonna. You, you want the, the Inception totem? Um, it's a top. I'm assuming this no, is a top. I mean, it's, it's, considering this is a a radio show, I should. Uh, it's. <laughs> you can make any sounds you want. That's, <laughs> is that a good one? That's the Inception totem. Did you see Inception? Remember? Yeah, Inception. What a movie. Did you like it? What's next question? Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Um, hey, Chris Nolan. I'm sure he's listening right now. He's a big fan. Well, I like, feel like of me or you. Well, I was going to say I have a great deal of respect for you. Oh really? 
That's hard to come by <laughs> in this day and age. The polite thing would be for you to reciprocate in some in some way. Oh, that's from the movie Frank. Yeah, I loved Frank. How about Frank? Are you going to also diss that movie, too? It was all right. <laughs> I like Scoot McNary in there. I thought he was real good. Scoot's always great, right? Yeah. Me, um, and, me and him are in a Prada campaign together. I was going to say, you're looking very stylish lately in Prada ads. Yeah. Did you ever and, think and you'd be Ty, a- Ty Sheridan. It's the three of us. Oh. We're the big... We're the big guns for the fall fall line. Did you ever think that you would be a, a a Prada male model? Of course. Is that the goal? It's kind of what I've been training for all along. <laughs> this is my securitous uh, 25-year plan right. to Prada. <laughs> that was in the high school yearbook, most likely to become a Prada model? Oh, I didn't get the high school yearbook. I couldn't afford it. Well, did- <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have enough money. Seriously? Yeah. No. I was homeless. You were homeless in high school? Yeah, for a couple of days. Where were you? What was going on? I stayed over by the football stadium. What was going on in your life that you were homeless, though? Without getting you on the couch and making you cry the first five minutes of our conversation. Yeah, I mean, I'm still sobering up from last night. <laughs> um, was high school a happy time? No, hell no. It was awful. It was a disaster. Was that because of school, because of family, because of everything? Well, I just wasn't, I wasn't, nobody was interviewing me in high school. So there was a big, there was a big black hole in my life. Yeah. You need I was, I, I knew there was something that I was longing for, but I didn't know what it was. And it wasn't until I started doing interviews that that hole got filled. That satis, satisfaction. Yeah. Uh, satis, satisfaction. Oh, satisfaction. I, I was coming up with a new version. Yeah. Did you have a good time in Toronto? Toronto is great. It's great. You uh, you get up and you talk all day long, and then uh, you go get inebriated, and then uh, you stay out too late, and then you get up too early and and, and do it again. Is that what it's like for you? Yeah, pretty similar. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. You go, don't drink, though, do you? I drink a little, not, not a little. much. Why do you say that? Why did you think I don't drink? I just I don't know. See you the just type? seem you seem very with it. Really? Yeah. That's the nicest very, thing you've ever very, said to me. Very coherent. Really? Yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot I had that on my desk, too. <laughs> Michael has just picked up. What have you picked up? Uh, this is General Zod. <laughs> I mean, this is General Zod. This is also General Zod in my hand. It's the action figure. What is he doing With, there? I, I've always been mystified by this particular version. He's holding some green things in his hands. I don't know what these are or what he's hoping to do with them. <laughs> he's slamming them together? Yeah. yeah. No wonder he lost. <laughs> I mean, this just isn't how you get it done, you know? I don't even know how to make this work. You have to you? squeeze the legs together. Oh. Just yeah, like that, you. That like usually you works. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Ow! That's, that's the sound of General Zod hitting the actor who pl- played General Zod in the head with green plastic <laughs> sticks eat your eat your heart out inception that the universe yeah. universe has folded in on, on itself yeah exactly <laughs> do you have a whole stack of those at home did you get paraphernalia from that movie oh uh, they gave me like a statue uh, that's about yay high for everybody two at home <laughs> two or three feet high yeah it's about yay high <laughs> and um they let me keep all the the underpants that I wore. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that's sweet. Yeah. 
Um, so wait, back to Toronto. I saw a photo of you and Patrick Stewart. Yeah. Did you meet some new? Make some new friends. Well, you know, I always really loved Star Wars, so it was a real treat to that's, get to meet him. You know, that's not. He wasn't in Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. Star Trek. Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, I I remember when I was a little boy, and I saw Star Wars for the first time. And what? Who did he play in Star Wars again? The captain. Yeah, in Star Star Trek. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to the new one. <laughs> I hear it's coming out in like a hundred days. Yeah, or something. Yeah, we were talking about that. You wanted to play Greedo. Greedo, but then you busted me. Well, you are not, uh, such a poser, dude. The one thing to know about Greedo. Yeah. He has one, he's literally one scene. Yeah. Do you recall it now? Did it come back, flashing back when I mentioned it? He's got those big eyes. He's got these green, scaly, yeah. kind of looks yeah. like a big lizard. Well, I think the reason he was my favorite is because when I was a little boy, my favorite color was green. Okay. Does that make sense? I mean, in a twisted Michael Shannon logic sort of way. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So the, I like the guy who was all green. Right. No, that makes, that makes sense. So where to begin? What oh, yeah, you were asking me if I respected you. Of course, of course I respect you, Josh. I mean, this is a very fancy uh, office. Do you have an office at home? No. No, I don't. I do my business on the streets. In relative seriousness, when you're preparing for a role, what, mm. what, what does it look like in your home? Are you just sort of like, like, is there a lot of like pacing back and forth? Like, is there some active motion that happens that i can see that oh michael john is actively i build like ready. a like a fort i take the pillows off the couch <laughs> i get a sheet i take my script and i go in my little pillow fort yeah that's the, study that's daddy's acting fort guys don't yeah, go yeah, over there don't yeah. disturb him <laughs> no i don't know it's different for every part you know yeah. every every shoe gets a different shine you know what i mean right um, I mean, for I don't know which movie I'm supposed to be talking about. Well, right let's now. talk about. I guess 99, 99 Homes, Homes. Since yeah. the woman from Broad Green is sitting three feet away from <laughs> I me. I see her motioning in the corner. Yes. Um, for 99 Homes, I prepared by leaving my house and going to Florida, getting and in, meeting yeah. a guy who does a lot of the things that my character does in the movie. Yeah. So what's the uh, like smoky cigarettes and right? Because I. No, he doesn't. He actually doesn't smoke e-cigarette. But he was a real estate broker. Is a real estate broker. It, it's it's honestly. I had just, actually just had Andrew Garfield came in last week to do the do the, do the podcast. So clearly, I'm a fan of this movie. And oh wow, work. yeah. Um, when are you gonna bring in uh, Ramin? Uh, Ramin, you can bring in Ramin. You can bring in. Uh, well, anyway, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. I mean, I think it, the the movie. I think it works on a number of levels. I mean, it's it's you know you don't want something to just sort of be like polemic like something that's just sort of like you know like beating down like a, a message like movie ten commandments yeah literally yeah, yeah. um it, it it works as a thriller which is as, as a kind of a character study too i mean what's i you know it's the cliche question but what what is the deciding factor in something like this is it ramin is it the is it the part that oh to do the movie yeah well i thought it was long overdue i mean uh you know this is something that happened a few years ago and didn't really seem like anybody was willing to go near it with a 10-foot pole, probably because they thought, you know, they wouldn't be able to make a, a real estate crisis in a, a movie, but that would be compelling or whatever. But I think it's I think it's an amazing opportunity to see up close what was really going down, you know, because until I made this movie, 
all of this was just something I read about in the paper. Yeah. And I didn't, there, there wasn't a human face on it. And the thing is, is nobody's ever going to see that. It's not like you can see this happening to people. It's a, it's a very private thing. Like when I was doing research, I didn't go on an eviction because I didn't think it'd be appropriate for an actor to be standing there when somebody was getting evicted from their house. Sure. You know, saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing research. You know? <laughs> keep going doing what yeah, you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please keep crying. You're great. This is helping me you're, a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know? So how do you get how do you get to humanize this very experience? This experience has been wrapped in a bunch of legalese and uh, financial mumbo jumbo, and see the actual impact that it had on people. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's a heartbreaking. What the the, the I mean, the the eviction we see of Andrew's character. It's as heartbreaking yeah. a scene as I think you'll see in a movie this year. It's, it's it feels as personal as you get, can get. I also really wanted to work with Noah Lomax. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. I don't know Noah. He plays the little boy. Oh, he's right? the kid. Yeah. <laughs> You're a fan of the kid. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I actually have a, a fan club, Noah Lomax fan club. Um, every actor deserves one. Yeah. What do you get in the Michael Shannon fan club? What's what's sent to you? You should have Noah come on. Sure. You can ask. He's like, I don't really know what I was doing. I just kind of did whatever <laughs> I was supposed to do. I'm open to it. Next week. This is now the new 99 Homes podcast. Yeah, We're yeah. going to rename 99 it. 99 Homes. And now, craft service from 99 <laughs> Homes. Well, we didn't have much of a budget. It's a, it's it a different kind of it's a different kind of a role that, that people don't necessarily expect for you, I would say. That's pr- probably part of the appeal. I mean, he's kind of like a seductive character. He's kind of a, reminded me of that Gordon Gecko Wall Street relationship. Yeah, I've heard that, that thing. But to me, he's more like, 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 like I could see like Paul Newman playing this guy. It's like one of them uh, wheeler dealer types. It's kind of like Color of Money or something. Color of Money poster right behind you. Man, that's a badass movie. I love that movie, right? Holy moly. It's an underrated Scorsese movie, I feel like. Well, hell yeah. Right? I, I agree. They shot part of it in Chicago. The um, You worked with uh, Mr. Scorsese. Yeah, but it wasn't very, um, you know... On Boardwalk, on that pilot, it was very, excuse me, the sound, I'm moving something. I'm doing a little mic adjustment. <laughs> Please, you're the professional here. Um. So anyway, doing the pilot for Boardwalk was like very exciting, but um, it was a very technical experience. Um, like we didn't have a lot of time together to really get into something. Although, no, the first scene I did with him was, was fun. It was me and... Michael Pitt, uh, getting into it. That was fun. That was kind of had some, but a lot of the scenes I did were more just like sitting there glowering or whatever. <laughs> There's not a lot to say. Are, are there, is he on that, that list? I mean, are there certain filmmakers that you feel like you would, you know, that in, intuitively you feel like you would get along with and him with you? Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus? John, John Abnett. <laughs> this is a random <laughs> What? You're just making... Because um, you're a big fried green tomatoes fan, Robert Zemeckis. I do love Zemeckis. Did you know his father was a construction worker? I don't think I did know that. We learned that at the Lincoln Center last night. Oh, yeah. They have a TV screen that tells you fascinating <laughs> trivia. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, were any of those real, or were they all real, or none real? What were the film? What was the first filmmaker you got obsessed with as a kid? 
Mm, I don't know. I mean, the first movie I was really that really knocked me out was Starman. John Carpenter. When I saw yeah. Starman, I was like, "Oh wow, this is pretty uh, pretty exceptional." Um, but like, I don't know, David Lynch, I guess. Like, I was gonna say, I noticed that Lynch produced one of the films that the Werner Herzog yeah, movie. Yeah, but that was that was that was a that was a weird thing because this is what happened is, is Eric Bassett who is uh da- or was at the time I'm not sure about now but Eric Bassett was uh David Lynch's business partner like he kind of ran the the business side of David's company right whatever. and Eric was producing my son my son so he went to David and said hey David can I you know put your name on this and so it wasn't like he was on set or Well, yeah, like basically we got to the end of shooting and I went up to Eric and I said, man, David Lynch is um, probably one of my favorite directors ever. And I was hoping he would come to set or something, but he never did. And Eric was like, oh, you want to meet him? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm here. <laughs> I mean, not entirely. I mean, it was also pretty cool hanging out with Werner Herzog. Sure. But, uh, he said, uh, okay. So he uh, he let me go up to his house in the hills. Lynch has this kind of compound, you know, because he's got a studio there, recording studio and uh, editing suite and all this stuff. And then he also lives there. So I walked in. He was Lynch was, like, finishing something up. And he's like, ah, I'll be right with you. <laughs> and I went in this room and his little meeting room and he had this David Lynch coffee, you know, the coffee sure. bean. Yeah. So I had, it was drinking his coffee. I was there with Michael Pena actually, cause Michael was also in the movie and also wanted to meet him. And so then a few minutes later he came in and I got to sit and talk to him for about 20 minutes. So what do you, what do you talk about? What, what's the, what do you, do you let him lead or do you? Yeah, I couldn't really say much. I mean, I was, Kind of like, you know, some girl seeing the Beatles in the 60s or something. Right. I just um, try not to pee. You know? <laughs> That's always good advice. Yeah. <laughs> unless glad. you're unless you're in a restroom. Right. Well, yeah. Then, then you're supposed to. Right. Well, one of the two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. The, um, I'm glad he's back working. He's doing Twin Peaks again. He talked about transcendental meditation for he's 20 minutes. He's very big into that. That's yeah. his thing. Which I think it's ironic to have somebody who's really into meditation and coffee. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, a stimulant and really, yeah, yeah. relaxing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he is. He's doing that Twin Peaks thing. But, you know, my phone's not ringing. Well, Unfortunately, right now it's on silent because we're doing this interview. <laughs> so for all he we could know, be calling. He probably is. Yeah. Um, okay. So, little Michael Shannon. Let's talk about little Michael Shannon. Jesus, all right. <laughs> what, um, because you, you're the aspiration was not to be a, a big time movie actor like you turned out to be. Is that what I am? Yeah, you're a big time movie actor and theater actor, clearly, but wow, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you, this, how did I do it? This just hit you. Well, it helped that you did some, some sketches that nobody saw with me. Yeah, um, somebody mentioned adorable things last night. Oh, yeah. At the National Board of Review screening for 99 Home. <laughs> One of Ramin's students. Oh, that's... She's like, 
hey, yeah, you you did a good job in the movie. That adorable thing sketch, though. Wow, that's trans transcendental, transcendent. Yeah, uh, the thing you spent twenty minutes on versus the thing you spent six months on. Exactly. Look, but uh, you, what about my little version? Yeah, I'm just curious. So, so were you? When did when, when did you realize? When did you think? Okay, acting is something I really want to seriously do. When I got tired of recycling cans, I thought there's got to be a better way to make money. It's um, five cents a pop. It doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't add up. Yeah, and even the generic cigarettes aren't, aren't cheap. Right. When I was a so. kid, my my dad encouraged me to recycle, and uh, he said he would match uh, whatever I brought in to get the five cents for. So it was an incentive for me. Wow. Our government should adopt that kind of... Right. That's, you know, it's the Larry Horowitz edict. Yeah, the Larry Horowitz <laughs> master plan. It's going to change everything. Um, I, uh, I was acting in high school. I Yes, that's how it started. That's when the, the fever usually catches for most young people, did, high school. Did, were you getting immediate validation from that? Were people immediately like, oh, you're actually pretty good at this? No, I was still kind of like pretty much like a freak. Um, my junior year in high school, I did uh, Harvey. I played Dr. Chumley in Harvey. And uh, that was amazing. Yeah. For a lot of people. <laughs> There's still people talking about it. <laughs> the adorable things in that production of Harvey. Yeah, yeah. 25 years ago. <laughs> and I also did... Um, Taming of the Shrew, I played the dad, Baptiste. See, back then, I they would get me to play the old guys in the play because I, I had a a wisdom that uh, was ahead of my years. Did that just come from, from height? From No, it was wisdom. Oh, it was the actual. <laughs> but now I've caught up to my wisdom. So right. actually now I'm behind it. So, so under it is, is it weird? Cause you talk about being kind of like, you know, well, you, we didn't use this term, but like you, it sounded like you felt like an outsider to a degree. Maybe I don't want to put words in your oh, mouth. Extremely. Yeah. Is it weird to like now be in a place where you're like deciding who lives and who dies? Basically. Yeah. No, but you are the actor's actor. You're the, yeah. you were very well respected. Yes. <laughs> that, I, yes, it's true. I mean, is is that something that is weird to reconcile? Can you ever kind of like just accept accolades and like actually feel good about that? Or does it always like, I'm a fraud, I'm a phony, what are these people seeing that I don't? Oh, I don't think I'm a fraud. I mean, I work my little tushy off or my big medium-sized tushy. Right. Tushy is a word that's not used enough nowadays, I feel like. Well, I didn't want to go blue. You can if you need to. Um. <clears throat> Well, I'm of 34 waist, 34 inseam. So whatever tushy you think that is. Yeah, like it's a medium. When I go to American Apparel to get short shorts, I usually get medium <laughs> or large. The mediums run tight. Right, right. But I, that, I work hard for the money. <laughs> I don't know. It's been 25 years. You think, thank God they came around. No. I mean, look, the bottom line is, all that matters is whatever you're doing right now. Like, if you did something good in the past, that's great. Mm. But, uh, I mean, I could go out and suck tomorrow. But, I don't know. I think it's just about uh, 
maintaining uh, your interest mm-hmm. in what you're doing. So do you, not, not getting lazy. I feel like right now it seems like you, I mean, you work with some of the best directors consistently. It seems like you have a, a, a bevy of interesting opportunities that, mm. that are around. Does it feel that way to you right now that you are constantly stimulated by what's being offered to you or is, is it few and far between to find stuff that really is exciting? Uh, I've been on a good roll. I mean, like, I just did like six movies in a row, and they were all movies that I wanted to do. I don't really go punch the clock very often. Right. I mean, I'm, if I'm there, it's usually because I think there's something uh, to chew on. In in the early days of doing film, did it feel like you were kind of like, if if this is all it's going to be, is, is it worth it? I.e., like, you know, when you're doing stuff like the Bruckheimer films, et cetera, the stuff that's paying the bills, that's not right. maybe not necessarily as satisfying. Well, but that was a, uh, <laughs> don't cough when I'm answering Sorry. your questions. going to edit that out. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> when I was doing those movies, the Brokheimer movies, that I was in a very different uh, position in my life. I was a well, position. That sounds naughty. Back to the tushy. Yeah, but yeah I, uh, you know, those were incredibly exciting. Like, when I did Pearl Harbor, I'd never done anything like that in my life. Um, so... That has its place, you know? Like, I'm very grateful that I had those experiences. Did Michael Bay ever yell at you? Yeah, but we got along really well. Like, he... uh, I understood him. I think I understood... We had a similar sense of humor. Mm -hmm. I mean, the thing about him is if you just give him shit back, then then he likes you. Right. He, He only... It's just like pretty much anybody who's like that. You just got to let them know that at the end of the day, you just don't really give a shit. (laughs) And then they relax. If you you get all upset about it, then they go for the jugular. Right. I'm like, you know what? I don't really care. (laughs) (laughs) What, um, what, what gets you, what gets you upset on a set? What'll, what'll set, what'll set you off? It's all over the internet, isn't it? I don't know. Little is it? clips I, of me exploding <laughs> on set. That's Christian Bale. That was different. Oh. That was a different guy. That's not me. No, I thought that was me. No, 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 dude, that's not you. Oh, <laughs> I got confused. Yeah, I don't like it when people walk in my eye line. <laughs> is that true? I don't know. I don't know what pisses me off. Um. Well, you know, not much. I guess, I don't know. Maybe if somebody, like, wasn't prepared or something. Right. But even then, I mean, for me, it's all about staying relaxed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew enough ranting and rave, raving in my home life. I don't need to bring <laughs> that to the set. You know what I mean? What relaxes you? What gets you into the 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 the... the, the the zone. I don't know. I mean, usually I'm really tired because they, they usually make you wake up real early in the morning. So that helps. It's like, oh, I'm just tired. Right. Then you, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, what is there to get upset about? Right. We're all doing something pretty cool that yeah. not many people get a chance to do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, maybe if I feel like it's not going well. 
then right. I'll get upset. Right. I'm like, oh, this isn't good enough. Because, you know, uh, sometimes uh, they rush things if they don't have a lot of money, mm. which is most of the movies I make don't have a lot of money. So then you got to go real fast. And sometimes it feels like it's too fast. Right. Not like being on your show. <laughs> We're relaxed here. We're taking our time. Yeah, exactly. This is a, this is a, uh, this you is misinterpreted the... what I said. <laughs> <laughs> this is David Lynch's favorite podcast. Isn't it? He, he does all his TM to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's got the coffee in one hand and... Um, keep going. No, what would you like to talk about? I feel like there's something on your mind. That's Zod again. That's Zod playing with Zod again. When you did that, I never did this. No, when you were in the film, <laughs> were you, did you anticipate? Did anybody discuss that maybe the hardcore fans would be upset when General Zod's neck was broken? Were you surprised? That I was that surprised by that, but uh, yeah. I didn't know people had a real issue with Superman killing somebody. Maybe they I guess just he's not supposed to do that. Maybe they just loved you so much they just didn't want to see you die. No. I think it was more like a rule of Superman. Like, he's right. not supposed to kill anybody. Right. But there's that line where I say, look, man, somebody's going to die. It's either me or you. So figure it out. And then I'm about to smoke that little family there. Right. That's about to hit that kid with my... Uh, I was trying to figure out what these things are called. The heat I can't vision remember. thing? Yeah. Is it, yeah. But is that, is it, that's heat vision? Yeah. So if I go to like the DC encyclopedia... I think it would say heat vision. heat vision. You need to consult me on things like this. On this, on Greedo, on Patrick Stewart. Like these are areas where I can be of service to you. Well, you sh Yeah, you should come with me to... Uh, these interviews i think it'd be a real eye-opening experience <laughs> for me to see the other side yeah how the professionals do it you know? <laughs> i saw you uh, speaking of which i watched your letterman appearance uh this morning this I, morning yeah i watched it i mean i just You're a little refreshed. slow on the uptake okay come on he's off the air now <laughs> it was interesting to see you in that environment because i could i felt like it was to see a, an actual like giddy maybe slightly nervous like it seemed like a big deal letterman to you. yes letterman was off his game was that it seemed like it was a big deal for you as opposed to when you talk to me and you're just being forced at gunpoint right so you're excited because you saw me being vulnerable is that what it is yeah I'm, that's what i've been searching for for years you have this veneer up yeah. with me at all times um well yeah i mean i'm not gonna lie i mean I've been watching David Letterman since I was a little tyke. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's nobody that even comes close to David Letterman. I agree. I mean, I all these gentlemen are, well, I was going to say they're all lovely. Some of them are lovely. <laughs> but uh, none of them are really as funny as David Letterman. Yeah. I do like Jimmy Fallon. I've been on his show a couple of times. He's <laughs> always real nice. And they give you really good cookies when you do that show. Is that right? Yeah. What kind of cookies? Those little like Momofuku oh, the milk uh, bar balls, cookies. yeah, the milk bar those, cookies, those truffles, the little yeah, truffles. yeah, birthday cake. birthday cake yeah, one. That's the best yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, but they also give you the cookies like the blueberry uh, and the compost yeah, yeah. and the yeah, it's really yeah. good, guys. Yeah, yeah, they give you a little pile of compost. Well, no, no, the compost cookies is one of the name of the cookies. Yeah, but. I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Do you get any freebies when you get, you're nominated for an Oscar? Do they give you like goodies? Do you get like trips to like Maui for no reason and stuff like that? I got some sessions of uh, free primal scream therapy. That's not true. You, you were doing that anyway. Have you ever done that? What else do they give you? <laughs> they give you like spanks, a lot of spanks. Oh, really? Yeah. That's good. Well, I was kind of porking it back then, you know. You are very lean and mean right now. I'm going. I'm on the way back up for the next role. We're just because no, I just stopped caring. Cookie, cookie. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Just drinking so much. <laughs> Alcohol has a lot of sugar in it. Is that true? Well, the if it of- wasn't true, why would I bring it up on your show, Josh? <laughs> I'm all about the truth, man. <laughs> well, that's because you're having like the pina coladas and all that, that stuff. If you like pina coladas, <laughs> what's your drink of choice? Getting caught in the rain. You know who sings that song? Oh, that's Jimmy Buffett, isn't it? No, it's Rupert somebody. Uh, what's my drink of choice? Yeah. I have several hundred. Um, <laughs> I had a Negroni last night. I like a Negroni. That's nice with that big giant ice cube in it i like the single ice cube in a drink yeah yeah it's a nice touch right it's a nice touch although it's hard when i put it in my mouth i for a long time i can't talk until it melts well maybe that's for the best for yeah yeah it's kind of a like a nice gag (laughs) for you know particularly if i've had the whole negroni i probably shouldn't be talking anyway yeah always insert the giant ice cube in michael's mouth after three negronis exactly what uh You and uh, one of your, your soulmates, Jeff Nichols, have uh, worked again. We haven't seen we haven't seen the new film quite yet. It's been on, on ice a little bit. Yeah, I'm What's in trouble. On? I got in trouble for talking about it. Really? Yeah. Who came after you? Did Jeff say, "Yeah, you're talking too much," or the the heads of Warner Brothers? The heads of Warner Brothers surrounded me in the street. <laughs> you know, they all carry switchblades, and they said, "You got to stop talking about Midnight Special, man." I said, well, why don't you release it? And that'll solve the problem. I think you Kill two birds with it. one stone. Yeah. You know? But uh, It's a cool one, though? You're happy with it? I think it's fantastic. And I'm not the only one. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. To, I guess it's hard to release movies nowadays. you got to find the right you know, day. Yeah. Right? What's What's the last... Okay, well, t- tell me this as we... As we careen towards the ending of this madness <laughs> this is this audition for the radio play i want to do with you you're doing good what's happening and so michael careened down the road after six negronis yes well let's get that out into the blogosphere dui no never have you ever I, been arrested I don't own a car. I don't. I don't drive. Cars are disgusting. Well, maybe the cars you've owned are. What do you mean? Just we've got to stop burning fossil fuels. What the hell? Are we idiots? Do you worry about the future of our planet? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, it's, it's all gonna good. solve itself. Once China blows up, we'll be good. <laughs> They just got to get enough of those factories to blow up at the same time. Right, and right. Be, everything will be gravy. That's a good plan. Yeah, yeah. What, um, so what's, is the next gig, when you're coming to Broadway pretty soon. That's a few months. Yeah, I'm going to do Long Day's Journey in tonight, because why not? 
when the opportunity comes. Yeah. Jessica Lang, Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, Jessica Lang, Gabriel Byrne, and John Gallagher Jr., who was in, I believe, Spring Awakening and also American Idiot. You just took out of your pocket a uh, a paper. This is a paper clip from the Today Show. Would you like to touch it? No, I don't. But why is it bent? It's like you're. It's like a shiv you've created. Like it's a well, very much like you noticed on the Letterman appearance. I was kind of giddy and nervous about being on the Today Show. You haven't been fidgeting again. I've been been um, watching the Today Show since I was quite young. My mom just used to sit me down in front of it when she had, you know, to go somewhere. Right. I was raised on the Today Show. And Al there Ro- I am in the historic Today Show studios. And Al Roker made your dreams come true? It all changed? Oh, when I started watching it, it was long before Al Roker. Gene Shallot. Sure, that mustache. Oh, my God. Al Roker wasn't there today. It was uh, John Senior. Okay. The wrestler. Oh, John Cena. Cena. Oh, yeah. That's my expertise, saying people's names. (laughs) John Cena once pulled me I've got a PhD in mispronunciation (laughs) of people's names. I was in a rickshaw once that he he pulled for me. Really? Yeah. It's another sketch I did. Really? I I only do the best stuff. Did he make, like, horsey sounds? He didn't. He should have. You See, that's why you're... I would have made horsey sounds. Yeah. You think I can't pull you in a rickshaw? You think I'm not strong enough? No, I feel like you're, I feel like you're you're done with us. I feel like I'm. I still want this to go on, and you're like looking to the you're looking to someone else. Yeah, but we just laid down like a classic uh, episode here. You think? You think we just did it? This is definitely in the top. How many of these have you done? Sixty. Uh, it's in the top forty. 40 yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> See that? Yeah, yeah, I know. Simpatico. Well, maybe we should do like. Like a Smothers Brothers type show. Yeah. You yo-yo? No. They were, they were really good at yo-yo, with yo-yos. No. No, I can't do that. Can you? I, I, it's one of the few things I can do decently. Yeah. So how many listeners do you have? We've never counted. At least 50. At least 50? Yeah. What should we tell them? What, what do they need to know? Well, they, should, they all have to go see 99 Homes. They need to see 99 Homes. And then do a like a five paragraph essay about it and send it to you. Send it to me. <laughs> Tweet at me. You should get five a, paragraph structure essay structure, right? Or a haiku, maybe if we want to be a little more. And then you'll grade them and you'll send them back. <laughs> sure. Why are you creating work for me? I'll grade them. Okay, thanks. We'll grade them together. And also, nine nine homes. And and also, you know, check out Freeheld soon. It's really good. Yeah, I think Freeheld's beautiful. I saw it in Toronto. I was crying like a ch- small child. I, I, seriously, it moved me. It's very, it's a very touching story. Yeah, um, I know, but you, you, yeah. What? What now? I think it's great. I like that one. I also have um, for all of those people out there who wondering when I'm going to do a comedy. I guess mostly journalists because they always ask me that question because <laughs> they're so original, imaginative. Mm-hmm. And provocative. Um, I'm in a Seth Rogen movie called The Night Before that's coming out in November where I play a marijuana dealer. There you go. I was on the set of that one. You weren't there that day. You were avoiding me. Yeah, I made sure. <laughs> I'm, I was tight with the AD, first AD. For all you people out there who don't know what that means, it's an athletic director. <laughs> um, you happy about the... Uh... It feels like pot's going to be illegal everywhere 
in, in just a second. Feels I, like illegal? Illegal. Well, no, illegal oh, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, I smell it when I walk down the street in New York. You always smell marijuana. There you go. I felt like maybe I should make some citizens arrests. <laughs> just wear your Zod outfit and they'll, yeah, they'll exactly. stop doing If I bring these big green things. Yeah. Stop smoking the pot. <laughs> All right, say, down. Say, say goodbye with your little General Zod, Michael. Goodbye. Um, and don't miss Batman versus Superman, where I display my new features: flippers, it's not flipper not, hands. It's not true. It is true. I would. I. It was the truth, and then I lied about it not being the truth. Mm-hmm. It actually is true. I. They wanted me to take it back. They thought it was too much information, but I don't care anymore. Why would he have flippers? Doesn't make any sense. Because he's gonna segue into the Aquaman thing. <laughs> I'm trying to get into both franchises. Right, right. I'm all for it. Get in, get in Star Wars. Get in Star Trek. Me and Patrick Stewart. Okay, that's Star Trek. Just so you know. The Force be with you. All right. Thanks, Michael. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> podcast listeners it's me darren toblerone you might have heard me and my brother aaron toblerone on the california supreme wind show the only podcast all about california supreme windows just minutes from the 405 your number one spot to get great deals on windows and now also door but there are many more podcasts than just my brother's podcast it's true like with special guest lauren lapkus for example every week she plays a different character and she's the guest of someone else who's playing another character who's the host. It's complicated, but it's also not. But it's also great, almost like a jigsaw puzzle. Listen to this. Get off your knees, you damn idiot. Oh, I love you, Regina. Stand up. (laughs) I'm going to give you osteoporosis (laughs) and knees with my cane. (laughs) Stand up, you idiot. I will, master. (laughs) Put on this ball gag, you bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Take it out. You liked it too much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, mommy. So sit by your favorite window and listen to with special guest Lauren Lapkus on Earwolf.com, iTunes, or the podcast player of your choice. Doinky windows forever. Goodbye. Pop. Pop? Pop. Pop. Wolf Pop is part of Midroll Media, executive produced by Adam Sachs, Matt Gorley, and Paul Shear.